Good morning. It's an honor to be invited back to worship with you today. As you are likely aware, we are beginning a new sermon series this week entitled The Road Less Traveled, an analysis of Christ's teachings as delivered through the Sermon on the Mount. And our first lesson in this series comes to us today from the Gospel of St. Matthew, a passage in which Christ calls each of us to seek out the narrow gate or the narrow road that leads to life. Although this concept of a narrow gate is not something we see very often in our modern world, it would have been readily understood by the crowds following Jesus. You see, throughout history, most major cities have been surrounded by large walls in order to protect them from outside invasion. And the only way to gain entrance into one of those cities would have been through a small opening in the wall known as a gate. Now, most of the gates leading into these cities were large enough to allow crowds to pass through them, massive caravans, or perhaps even small armies to pass through without much difficulty. But these large entrances were frequently accompanied by a much smaller gate, which could be allowed to let a few individuals into the city at a time without running the risk of opening the large gate. Interestingly, if you'd like to witness a modern example of one of these ancient gates, you can actually see one here in the United States at Disney World, of all places. You see, when Epcot theme park was being constructed, King Hassan II of Morocco sent along artisans to help recreate the main gate leading into the ancient city of Fez for that exhibit. So as you approach the main entrance to that theme park, you'll actually see a large ancient gate, which is prominent and inviting and designed for a lot of traffic. In fact, if you were to visit Epcot on a busy holiday weekend, you could just go through that gate without really being intentional about it. You would just let the flow of traffic sweep you right along. But if you were to stop and study that exhibit, you would notice something else. On the side of that large gate, there's a much narrower one, not at all fancy and barely noticeable. In fact, it's just a door, just big enough for one person to get through. In church, that is the type of narrow gate that Jesus is referencing in our passage this morning. But as I studied our text for today, what I found particularly interesting is that Jesus seems to emphasize how hard it is for us to find the narrow gate. And with that in mind, this passage suddenly becomes less about focusing on the narrowness of the gate and trying to determine who's in and who's out. And instead, it becomes more of a question of why we so often miss the gate that Jesus says leads to life. And friends, I can't help but think that perhaps one of the reasons we miss the abundant life that Christ is talking about is because we're not being intentional in our spiritual journey. We're not being intentional in how we live our Christian lives. You see, in our modern world, it's so easy to become distracted and simply drift along with the rest of society. And that, of course, can lead us to drift away from friends, from family, and from the things we value. Perhaps we don't even realize we're doing it. We're not doing it intentionally. But isn't that the problem with drifting? You don't realize you're doing it when it's happening. 
For example, studies have shown that a sailboat left to its own devices in the Atlantic Ocean can drift up to 50 nautical miles off course in the span of one evening simply by being pushed by the underlying currents. In the same way this morning, Christ reminds each of us that we can't casually drift through the narrow gate and we certainly can't drift our way into following him. Instead, for us to find the narrow gate, to walk the road less traveled, we have to be intentional in our Christian journey and actively listening and discerning how and where God is leading us. Luke's gospel phrases it this way. In Luke, Christ tells his disciples to strive to enter by the narrow gate. And that Greek word for strive is actually a loan word that comes to us from the world of athletics. It describes someone who is conditioning themselves or struggling to achieve a certain task. And of course, in that context, Christ's message becomes fairly clear. The narrow gate that leads to life is not something we can find by simply coasting through life or by following the crowds. Instead, we have to be intentional in our journey and actively preparing ourselves to be led where God is calling us. But in order to do that, our companion text from Luke's Gospel this morning reminds us that to enter the narrow gate, we're often led to partner with Christ's sufferings. Our reading from Luke admonishes us that whoever would seek to be Christ's disciple must deny themselves and daily carry their cross to follow him. But as we all know, the expression of carrying the cross has become so familiar to us today that we hear that phrase in a variety of settings, often to describe something that's uncomfortable in life that we have to deal with. If someone has an old car that won't start, or an unruly child, or a difficult co-worker, that person might say, well, that's just the cross I have to bear. But friends, when the concept of taking up the cross is used in such common terms, I can't help but wonder if it doesn't trivialize the actual meaning behind the event. You see, in our passage today, carrying the cross is not a reference to some generic matter of suffering in life. Instead, it's a call to take up Christ's suffering. It's a call to identify ourselves with Jesus, to walk behind Him in the path of suffering that He trod for our world. To bear the cross of Christ is to be faithful in the midst of trials and difficulties. It means that as people of faith, we must be willing to suffer for others, to accept burdens and perhaps even problems that we otherwise would not have. To take up the cross ultimately calls us to suffer alongside of Christ for the sake of his kingdom and for the sake of those around us. To help illustrate this concept, I remember reading an article several years ago about Mother Teresa. You see, her organization, the Sisters of Charity, relied exclusively upon donations for everything they needed. These donations included food, medical supplies, and even everyday items like shoes. And a story came to light after Mother Teresa's passing that when she needed sandals for her feet, she would scour those donated items and find the poorest and worst made pair of shoes she could locate. And then she would use those as her own. 
In her later writings, she indicated that this was done so those suffering around her would not have to struggle with the additional burden of painful or crooked feet. She had devoted her life to helping the poorest of the poor, and she knew what it meant to take up the cross, even in seemingly small things like selecting shoes. Mother Teresa was willing to deny herself and put others' needs before her own. You see, friends, in order for us to find the narrow gate that Jesus talks about, we have to pass through the way of the cross and partner with Christ in his sufferings for the world that he loved. And I realize that taking up the cross can indeed lead us into times of hardship, but alternatively, Christ promises us that those who succeed in carrying the cross and finding the narrow gate will find life and find it more abundantly. And this is true both for ourselves and for those around us. It's ultimately one of the great paradoxes of faith that by giving our lives to others, our lives become more fulfilled and purpose-driven. For example, many years ago, I volunteered with a project in Guatemala assisting children living in and around the Guatemala City Garbage Dump. And although I had read about poverty, and I thought I knew what it meant, to see children not much older than my children are now scavenging in a dump for food is an image you can never forget. But when you look into the faces of those children, and you see the hands and the feet of the people willing to take up their cross in order to help the people struggling there, it opens your eyes and it changes your heart. Moments like that remind us, as German theologian Dietrich Bonhoeffer stressed, that while grace is freely given, it's certainly not cheap. And those who see Christ best in our world are ultimately the ones who carry His cross the most. Friends, the call to take up the cross and to enter through the narrow gate is the calling that helps us find life and find it more abundantly. But alternatively in our text, Christ cautions us that those who fail to seek out the narrow gate find themselves on a broad road that leads to destruction. But interestingly, the Greek word used here in Scripture to describe destruction doesn't necessarily mean annihilation. Instead, this word is more commonly used in the New Testament to describe waste. It's used to describe wasted opportunities, wasted moments, and yes, even the wretchedness of a wasted life. In our passage today, Jesus presents us with a dualistic theology. On the one hand, you have the way of the cross that leads to life, while on the other you have a life of conformity and self-centeredness that leads to waste. Ultimately, our Scripture passages this morning remind us that how we live our lives matters. And what we do with our life matters. The roads that we take lead somewhere. And Christ calls each of us to be intentional and, yes, even cautious about the paths that we find ourselves traveling. And so in closing this morning, friends, 
I would like to remind us that while we celebrated Christ's resurrection last week, this week Jesus is calling us to follow Him. And in our passage today, Christ challenges His disciples both then and now to walk the road less traveled and to enter through the narrow gate that leads to life. Our text further reminds us that this narrow gate is not a restriction, but rather it's an entry point to the expansive life that God has for each of us. Author C.S. Lewis famously illustrates this concept in his work The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, as the children in that novel pass through the wardrobe and discover a promising new world waiting for them on the other side. And so, church, as our service ends, let's strive this week to be intentional about how we're living and exhibit a willingness to take up the cross of Christ to serve others in order to discover the abundant life that Christ promises for everyone who seeks after Him. Amen and amen.